As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Amber De La Garza. Amber is the productivity specialist. She has more than a decade of experience helping small business owners maximize profits, reduce stress, and make time for what matters most by improving their time management and elevating their productivity. Amber is a sought-after coach, trainer, speaker, writer, host of the Productivity Straight Talk podcast, and creator of Leverage Lab. Amber shares her message on her weekly podcast and as straight talks both virtually and in person across the country for audiences that range from small business owners and associations to multinational corporations. Today, Amber and I are talking all about how to be productive in your business, but we're not talking about the basic and standard time management tips that you might be used to hearing. We're really diving in on how to understand where to focus your time in your business. Because even if you're being productive, even if you seem to be managing your time well, it doesn't really matter if important parts of your business are being overlooked. So we're going to talk about what the pillars are in your business of where time should be spent how to identify how to spend your time here, and even identifying when it's not really worth you spending your time there, but to get someone on your team that can spend time there while you're focusing elsewhere in your business. So let's jump into the conversation and learn how to be fully productive in the right places of your business. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. It's a favorite of mine for sure. Yes, I'm looking forward to it too. I feel like this is such an important topic. But before we get into everything, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I am a, a business coach that specializes in productivity and time management for small business owners. I'm also a mom and a wife and a niece and a dog mom, all the hats that I'm sure all of us have many hats that we wear. Um, and really, it's my life's work to um, teach strategy and mindset to business owners so that they can enjoy their business. My belief is that we're all uniquely skilled. We have something special to share with the world. And unfortunately, so many of us are lacking that joy or feel burnt out because of what it takes to run a business. So that's where I come in and I teach the skill sets that I believe can absolutely be learned. Um, just like we can learn a second language or for many of us, we had to learn how to market when we realized we were business owners. I think time management and productivity are also skill sets that are foundational to our success. Yes. I think it's so important because as you said, like there's other things you need to learn when you start to run your own business is when it comes to the time management piece, we're good at what we do, which is typically why we start a business in that area. But then there's all this other stuff that we're not necessarily good at that we're learning that we have to do because we're a business owner that we didn't realize that we had to do. And you add all this stuff on your plate and then it's like, wait, how do I manage it? Especially when my passion's over here, but I still got to have to get this done. Yeah. And, And so I feel like that's super important because we're we're managing, even if you are on top of everything, when you maybe worked at corporate and doing this work for someone else, it's completely different managing it in your own space when you're in charge of everything. Absolutely. I mean, even if you were in corporate, you weren't normally in charge of from beginning to end of the hiring process, right? And you're not completely solely responsible for leading and training. If you're in a large company, there's like a training department or there's a training protocol, Um, And so, yeah, owning a business can be feel really different. Um, I've actually heard some version of that over the last decade of working with small business owners of like, I'm like, I woke up one day and like, I realized I was like a business owner and oh my gosh, like I'm responsible for people and leading them. And like, when did this happen? Um, So much so that I actually bought the domain accidental business owner. And last summer, I ran um, a series of special podcasts. So I have a primary podcast, but this was a secondary called The Accidental Business Owner. And it was to speak to what you are speaking to right now about, you know, we get into business because we have a passion for something. And then we realize, oh, my gosh, we actually have to learn all these other skill sets just so that we can go do that thing in the world that we really want to do. So. Yeah. It's so interesting that you brought that up. Cause I remember uh, about two years ago or so I was having a conversation with my, with my cousin and we were talking about marketing roles and he made the comment, he goes, everyone who's good at marketing wants to go out and be a freelancer and doing it all on their own. And I was just like, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of people who do marketing that said, I can go out and get my own clients. I can go do this. Why am I working for someone else? But what I told him is like, I see this whole influx of people that did that, they're now going back to get corporate jobs or work for someone else because they realize that, oh my gosh, as a business owner, I have all this other stuff on my plate that I'm not good at, that I don't want to do. So yeah, like I can do the marketing things, but I now just want to go do that marketing stuff. I don't (laughs) want to be responsible for sourcing every client, doing the bookkeeping, paying the taxes, in charge of every aspect of the hiring process and, and yeah. everything. So um, I agree. I mean, and I think for many of us, we have that like passion to want to be a business owner. And so we, we, you know, have that hope of like, 
when we get to the other side, this is what business owners should look like. And through that, you need to do the finances and the hiring and the leading and all of that. And I think our conversations today, I'm hopeful that I can empower and inspire people to want to lead their teams and understand that it's actually one of their primary key roles as a business owner. Um, And so, yeah, I just think that we can get into that and give them some strategies. But, you know, for those that want business ownership, um, I think that their path may, they thought their path was one way and then they realize it's another way, right? Like, yeah, for me, if I could wave a magic wand and understand and do marketing like so well, I'm like, that's it. That's the magic pill. But for a lot of other people, the magic pill they're wishing for is leadership, hiring, productivity. And so there's no magic pill. We're here to help them learn those skill sets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which just brings up the other thing that like when you're giving your intro that I thought of it's, I'm not going to get this uh, saying exactly right, but it's like one of those things you hear all the time. It's like, you know, you stopped working 40 hours a week for someone else. You could work 80 hours a week for yourself. And it's like, oh, that's just what you have to do when you're a business owner. And it's like, yeah, there's maybe some truth to that when you first get started, but that's, that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable long-term. And that's where productivity tips come in. That's where growing a team comes in and all these things that make it so your business is sustainable. It's not overwhelming. It's not making you exhausted every day, every week. Yeah. I mean, I think that the goal for many is that the business can run um, without them on a Friday so they can take Friday off or on a Monday or for a week to take vacation. I mean, ultimately, we, you know, don't want to feel like we're the only ones carrying everything. And I think that the only way to get to the other side of that is by growing a great team. Yes. Yeah. And of course, then also being very smart with your time. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that is, you know, being smart with your time before you start growing your team. Other times it's still being smart with your time after you grow your team. Because one of the traps that I see people fall into all the time is they say, I'm overwhelmed. I need to hire. They hire (laughs) and then they just replace every minute that they were spending doing the task, now managing the task because they still don't have the right skills in place to properly manage their time. Or they hire a team because they're like, I'm working 80 hours a week. I don't want to work 80 hours a week anymore. So they hire a team member to take part of their work off their plate, but then they're still working 80 hours a week because they're just filling that time with, with stuff. So, you know, it's like, Um, you're not, they're not getting the benefit. They're not getting the ROI that they were hoping to get when they hired. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my belief, so I often get asked as a productivity coach, like, okay, so if I'm being more productive, like, where should I be investing my time? Um, And actually, let me back that up a minute. So I think productivity, the word is very loaded, right? We all have a different definition or experience of it. So I'd like to just share my own definition and how I approach it. So being productive to me can be in any arena of your life. So that could be your health, it could be your personal life, it could be business. Today, we're talking business. So if we think about it as you are your most productive self when you're investing your best time into your best activities. Now, that is meant to be a framework. And it's a framework because your goals, Jamie, are different than my goals in my business and for each of our clients. So our best time is that focused, distraction-free time where we're showing up our best. And our best activities are going to be the ones that move the needle forward and propel us towards our goal. All tasks, all activities are not created equal. 
And so if we know that, then the next question is like, well, what are my best activities as a business owner, right? And while it's nuanced for each industry and each business owner and each team structure, I have found that your highest value activities will show up in one of four buckets. I'll briefly tell you the first three, but the fourth is leadership and it's the building your team. Okay. So let's, I'll just, but I have to tell you the first three to get there. So the first one is um, a marketing and visibility, right? Like we just talked about that. We can't really be in business if we don't let the world know what it is we do and how we help can help them. Uh, two is after you tell them how you can help them, you have to have a sales conversation and actually ask for the business. And that looks different for each industry, but there's sales activities. And, you know, surprisingly enough, there's many of business owners that squeeze that time out of their schedule. Like they're so busy doing the other things that they actually tell ourselves, tell themselves that they don't have time to do marketing or sales activities. And then bucket number three is high value, but it's the bucket of time that I have found that actually can sabotage the rest of the buckets and that's servicing our clients. I think we are, you know, speaking to similar audiences, both of us on our podcast. And that's like, you have the skill set, right? You have the special thing you're serving the world. And so you do have to give the service, make the thing that you are trading money for. And that bucket, while it's important, I have found that it's the bucket that most spend the most time in. And so the saying goes, I'm working in my business, not on my business. And so that that's that bucket. And I think that through a team and through growing your team and leading them, you will show up differently in those first three buckets as your business grows. Um, I started a solopreneur. I'm guessing you probably at one point started as a solopreneur. So you're wearing all those hats. You literally have to create the time to show up in all three of those buckets. But at some point, the business needs more from you than you can give it. And that's bucket number four in leadership. And I'll be honest, when I first taught this framework, bucket number four didn't exist. I kept hearing from business owners um, things like, I'm sure you've heard too, like, I have to meet with my team. Oh my gosh, I have to hire again. If I have to make another job description, oh my gosh, why can't they just get it the first time? Like, I feel like I'm spending all my time repeating myself, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, they think this is robbing them of their high value activities. Like they think they should be doing something else than leading their team. And the truth is, is that that is the highest value activity as a business owner you can do is lead your team. And it's a bucket, I call it buckets, but it's everything from hiring to training, onboarding, to leading, to um, doing reviews. Like the whole process is about how we show up as a leader um, so that there's others to support us in our business. So high value love activity. That. Yeah, love that. Yeah, you know, there's a few things I want to cover there, but there's just yeah. something that that I just had a conversation recently about this and I was overhearing people talk about this because you've mentioned that that time being spent on your team and you mentioned training. And it's always one of those things where I hear people say, how can we reduce the amount of time it takes to train people? And the problem that I see with it is they're not looking to make their training more effective so people learn their jobs quicker. They're looking to see how can we have less time of myself teach teaching someone else? And it's like, so they just want to kind of cut training and they just yeah. want people to know what they're doing. And it's always one of those things that's like, no, 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 your, your people have to be trained. 
let's look at ways of how do we make training effective? How do we make training so there can be some self-serving in training and you don't have to be one-on-one with your team member all the time. But if you don't train your team members, they're never going to be the person that you want them to be. So we can't cut training. We can make training better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you were speaking to earlier about like, you know, what does that process look like when we're um, being good with our time now versus when we're building a team? And something that came up for me was, you know, what can you do today that can be an asset in your business in the future? And so no matter where you're at, whether you have one team member or 10 team members or zero, um, a great place to start is to create processes and procedures like SOP, standard operating procedures. And it doesn't need to be scary. It could just start with like documenting what you do, nothing fancy or a checklist. Because when we think of training, often in my experience is that's also a really big word. Like, where do I start? How do I tell somebody what it is I do that's in my head and stuck in my head? And and me just telling them what's in my head should be enough training, but not everybody learns that way. Uh, So I have found that it also helps with efficiency. Like when you can see your processes written in front of you, it is so much easier to see inefficiencies, Um, but it's also easy to see where you may need help and what skill sets they need if you've gotten out of your head how your business operates. Um, Because oftentimes we're like, we just do it. Like, doesn't everybody just know? Like, you just do it this way or that way. And that's not true. Um, And so by taking the time to document the way your business runs, I think helps on hiring, writing the job description, training, ensuring it's being done the correct way in the future. So for a time investment, it's a huge invest. It's a huge asset rather in the business. Right, right. Is that time being spent spent wisely? Yeah. It's it's always one of those things when it comes to those standard operating procedures, understanding your processes. If you don't know them, if you haven't figured that out yet, you're never going to hire the right person. Yeah. You know, you're you're going to hire for someone that you think you need versus someone that you actually need. And I know a lot of people say it's like, well, I want to hire the person who's going to help me figure that out. And I think there's there's some ways where that person can come in and help clean up processes, help create some standardization and things like that. But you need to know the basics of it. You need to understand the the overall big picture processes, and then they can help define like the in-between, but you at least need that overall big picture process figured out. And if you don't, that's sometimes when those consultants and stuff can come in and help you figure out those before you hire that long-term team member, but you need to figure that out before you go and hire. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think that, you know, having the um, processes documented as your team is now, whether that's yourself or one person, then it's easier to build on that. So when someone does come in, then they tweak it because now there's three of you or four of you, or maybe there's an extra role. So it gets split apart in how that actual task or activity is done. But having something to start with is key. Like just put yourself in the employee's position. You start a new job, you're learning the job, you're looking at a blank screen and they're like, write what you should be doing in processes. Nobody wants to do that. So at least give them something to start with. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. I want to circle back and talk about some of those other buckets. Like some of the things that I see are so important when it comes to having an effective business and having a successful business. Like you mentioned sales. And I feel like that is something that is so important and why a lot of times, like sometimes we need 
we need to grow our teams to help support us either in that sales thing or in other areas so we can focus on that sales is as as you mentioned there's a lot of times where that just kind of gets pushed off pushed off pushed off and that's what i feel like creates sometimes those huge spikes in revenue yes. and those dips and those huge spikes in revenue and those dips because i know i've been guilty of that myself early on in my business where i was so busy that I didn't have time for sales conversations. And because I didn't have time for sales conversations, I didn't do the marketing activities to bring in that next round of sales. So I'm like, we're busy, we're busy, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then those projects slow down. And then and you're you like, pick your head up, right? Oh, oh yes. my God, like, where is my next project coming from? Yeah. Like, I haven't been doing any sales. I haven't been doing those marketing activities. Yeah. And we're, we're in that spot where first we're like, yes, things are going great. We don't need to be doing them. And then you're like, I am two months behind on activities. Yeah, that's actually how the word bucket came to be as I had done a keynote and I had this whole visual of, you know, investing your time in marketing and visibility. So it overflows that if you do that right, it creates sales activities. If you do that correctly and show up consistently, then it creates consistent business to serve your clients. Um, that's where the buckets actually came from is your same, you know, your same experience and analogy. And also, that's why I had said um, bucket three, which is serving your clients, is the one that can sabotage everything. Because when we're doing it, we're like, of course, this is the best use of my time. It's closest to the dollar. I'm serving my client. Like, there's truly nothing wrong with that. The issue, though, is, is that when you have your head down and then you look up and like, like you mentioned, you're like, oh, my gosh, my pipeline's empty. Oh, my gosh, like there's going to be this dump in revenue. The question is, is how can you ensure that you're showing up consistently on your schedule to like spin those plates? Like, what is that consistent activity done on a regular basis for the marketing and visibility? What's that consistent activity in the sales? How can you, if you're completely overwhelmed with serving your clients, is that the first place you need help with to get out of that bucket so that you can show up in the other areas of your business? Um, that's definitely a challenge for many of us. And um, I also referenced wearing a lot of hats, right? Mom, wife, dog, mom, all the things. But this too is all those hats, right? One minute you're you're doing marketing, one minute you're doing sales. And so how do you effectively transition and create that time on your schedule is, is the question and the work that I do. Yeah. And I think it's very important to figure out, as you kind of mentioned before, like where's the right place for you to be putting your time? Where are you going to be most productive and and kind of happy? Where are you going to be producing the best results for your business? I was actually just yesterday morning having a conversation with two other business owners, and we were talking about marketing specifically. And we were talking about how there are some people out there, they're especially businesses where they're the face of their business. And that person's doing all like, for example, their Instagram marketing themselves. And they're having amazing engagement, all these followers. It's producing a lot of stuff for their business. But then those other persons are like, I try to do it and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And it's just having to have that conversation. It's like, for some of those people, it comes easy. They love mm -hmm. it. They enjoy it. It's a good use of their time. Then for other people, it's a chore to do half the amount of work that that other person is doing. And we have to realize that if it's a chore for us, we can have someone help us. It doesn't mean you step completely away from the marketing. For example, you could still be the face of your business, but you can have someone behind the scenes doing 90% of the work and you coming in and do the 10% that you have to be there for. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a great strategy is realizing like if you are the bottleneck that's holding, like that's clogging the system, how do you get yourself out of the way and hire someone that can do those activities? Uh, but there's also, you know, we always want path of least resistance. And in this example, my belief is that there's a, there's a success story in just about any marketing strategy you could think of from door knocking to flyers, to social media, to ads, you name it. Um, when I first got into business over a decade ago, blogging was the thing, right? So of course, no questions asked. I want to do this business. Now I'm a blogger. Let me tell you something. I hate writing. I hate it with a passion. And so I found myself pacing behind my assistant, telling her what to write, like verbally. And then I'd get in my car and listen to podcasts. And I am ashamed how long it took me to connect the dots that I took, that I didn't say, you know what, I don't need to do the thing I should be doing or that other people in my industry are doing. I needed to find the thing that came more natural to me that I enjoyed doing. So needless to say, shut the blog down, started podcasting over five years ago. It was the best decision I ever made in my business. And so again, I got myself out of the way by not trying to go down a path because I told myself I should or everybody else is doing it or shaming myself. It was like, just connect the dots. Where do I show up my best? And for me, it's the podcast. Yeah. I think that's very similar to me too. Like I had a blog like years ago. I didn't have one once I rebranded as growing your team. And then um, sometime like end of last year, I started putting up blog posts again and just realizing I wasn't writing them this time around because I realized that while I like writing, it would take me forever to write a blog post because yeah. I would write 3000 words for something <laughs> that could be summarized in 500. And I was just like, oh my gosh, by the time I write this, trim it down, take out all the stuff that you don't really need to know in this post. It was just taking so much time. So this time around, I said, I'm hiring someone to write my blog post. And she is an amazing writer. She got my voice right away. All I had to do was like make minor edits, minor tweaks. But then I realized that it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do for my business. So we ended mm -hmm. up stopping a lot of those posts and everything because I was like, I need, I need to, I need to reevaluate this. And what does well for my business? My podcast as well. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it gets me clients. It gets me speaking gigs. It gets me like, it helps me grow my network. And it's like, if I look at what I like doing, where I want to spend my time and where I'm getting the best ROI for my dollars or my times, yeah, it, it helps you realize like what you just need to say no to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we can also expand on that conversation to say, well, you know, it's marketing and visibility or sales, but as your team grows, you're going to do different tasks in each of those buckets, right? So for me and you, our um, podcasting is our marketing and visibility. So when I'm bringing mean, right now, I'm a guest, this is marketing and visibility as well, but like my team reached out, got me booked, connected, got it on my schedule. I just needed to make sure I was completely prepared and provided value. That's the best use of my time. On my podcast, um, I create all the content, the outline for the episode, record it, and then I'm completely done. The audio editor, my content manager, all the social media goes out. Like There's probably 75 steps that happen 
And I needed to find a team and train the team and create the processes because at a fast pace, as you know, these episodes come fast on a weekly basis is that I had to be in and out of that marketing bucket because my business needed my skill sets, time, energy, and attention in other areas of my business. But I couldn't ignore, obviously, marketing and visibility. So again, when we think of our time in these buckets, we think of growing our teams, it's also about how can we just show up our best, giving giving our our, um, unique skill sets, perspective, experience in each of these areas. Yes, yes. I feel like that's so, so important. All right. I want to circle back to that that leadership bucket. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is so important because... um, I hear people say all the time, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to be a leader in my business. That's why I'm going to stay a solopreneur and just work with contractors. And then I have to tell people, well, you're still a leader, even if you're just working with contractors or, you know, there's all these things like people fear leadership so Mm -hmm. much, or you Mm -hmm. have people on the other side that were like, I'm a great leader and they don't realize the gaps that they have. So they make a lot of mistakes with leadership as well. But leadership is just, it's, you you need to be a successful leader in order to be successful in business and in, in my in my opinion. So yeah. I'm so thankful you have one of those buckets because it does dictate so much in in a business whether you are a solopreneur or whether you have a team of 100 employees. Yeah. So you had mentioned something earlier and I didn't get to loop back on it. It was about how like if you are mismanaging your time and unproductive that, you know, if you hire somebody, that's the solution. That's going to fix everything. I think you and I agree just from how you said it. It's like that's a Band-Aid. In fact, it could actually be gasoline to a fire. Um, If you're not able to manage yourself and manage your own time, that just has this like rippling effect on your team that you're hiring in, right? Like if you currently don't have time and then you think hiring somebody's going to fix that, immediately the first hurdle you're going to hit is I don't have time to train them. I don't have time to meet with them regularly. I don't have time to slow down and delegate and clearly articulate what it is I need, or I don't have time to give them feedback. And I'm not joking. I'm just because I'm talking time management and productivity. I just said I don't have time how many times. But that's literally the internal dialogue often that's between being the the leader you want to be and the leader that you are. Um, And so, you know, let me back up to and say, look, I am not the same woman, business owner, leader I was 10 years ago. To me, this is a journey. And I think that what's important is to acknowledge that it's an area in which you want to get better in and find out what's holding you back from that. You know, for some, it could be time. For others, it could be confidence or other, you know, specific skill sets. But if you're saying you don't have the time, I believe that by learning to manage your own time, you'll be able to get to show up consistently the leader you want to be in your business. Yes, yes. I I 100% agree And it's always one of those things. It's like, yes, things take time, but time well spent is 100% worth it. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, people always say, well, this is a task that takes me five minutes. So why should I go through the process of hiring someone and training someone? Man, it's going to take me so much more time to train them and they're going to take longer to do it at first. And it's like, well, it probably took you longer to do it at first. And then you got to the point where it only takes you five minutes, but those five minutes add up. So you're able to delegate and get it off your plate and you spend those five minutes elsewhere. So that five minutes, yeah, delegate it. That time it takes you to train someone and have them do it right is worth it in the long run. 
in the long run. And unfortunately, many approach this situation with short term. I want a short term fix. I'm in pain right now. Like, I guess the analogy would be like, if you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you, it's a triage situation, kind of like you're bleeding, right? Just like cover the wound, patch it up, stop the bleeding. That's not the way to go into building your team. It's not about just stop the bleeding. It's really about what's the long-term investment. What's the what are the little habits and behaviors every day for the long-term health, right? Just like our health journey. It can't be like a one and done and like everything's fixed with our health. It's like how do we show up on a regular and daily basis with our team that those habits and behaviors that a year from now you look back and you're like, wow. I'm so much closer to the leader I want to be, or I'm consistently able to show up the way I want to um, in my business because I have trained my team and I've built trust and I've communicated clearly with my team. Again, long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. There was something else with the teams that I wanted to go back to. Oh, now I remember what it was. Okay. So, you know, we talk about that you know, sometimes, you know, just hiring is you're, you're kind of sometimes putting a bandaid on it if you're not really managing yeah. your team well and, and everything. So what are some tips that you can give some actionable things where people can, that people can put in place so that way they can start managing their time better, especially if they're realizing that, oh my gosh, I'm not dedicating my, all the time I need to these buckets. I'm letting something slip in and everything. Yeah. I need somewhere to start so I can get on the right track. Yeah. So I have two strategies that are coming to mind. One, to answer your question in general, how to improve your own time management. The number one place that I think has the most impact is planning our days. Um, You know, 15 minutes at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. Um, I actually teach a framework where it's five steps. It's called the daily wrap, um, daily review and action plan. And when we have a team, we're able to get ourselves organized, but we're also able to get that list together of like, okay, who's on deck? Who who do I need to talk to to delegate some things to tomorrow? Um, and so, you know, we don't have time to get into the whole thing today. I definitely have this episode on my podcast and on my website, but really learning to plan your day, um, you know, in its most simplest form, if you feel like you're reacting to your day and you're putting out fires all day long and your team is like, hey, what's next? And how do you fix this? And so-and-so needs this from you. And you just feel like you're like beaten up all day. Literally 15 minutes can put you in the driver's seat where you're more proactive than reactive to your day. Um, that in itself, um, also with things not falling through the cracks. So the way I teach it is like a roundup, making sure you've grabbed everything, you know what your priorities are for tomorrow. Um, minimizes fires. And if we can minimize the fires in our days and our weeks and our business, then we do have more time to invest proactively into the things we've talked about today. Meetings, team meetings, one-on-one meetings, training. Um, oftentimes fires are the things that distract. I have a client angry. I have a process broken. The vendor didn't get the X, Y thing done. So like, how can you limit those so that you can show up on a consistent basis in your schedule? So that was number one. And then number two, I just thought it was worth saying to your point about the five minute task. I often get asked like, okay, so I hire somebody. How do I get started? And I, I would like to share that I think the place to start to train somebody are the things that you're doing on a recurring basis in your own days and weeks. And why that is, is because if it took 
if it's something that you do for an hour a week and it took you five hours to train it, right? Or four hours to train it. We'll say four, keep the math easy. Like in one a month, you're getting a return on your investment. You've gotten an hour back every single day. Now, obviously that's exaggerated. I don't think that if it took you an hour a week, it should take four hours to train. But the 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 thing here is that if you if you start out with these one-off little five minutes and this one-off little task that comes up every once in a while, what you're not getting is that return on investment of time quick enough. And what many need, because we're redlining on overwhelm and so much to do, is how can we reclaim time quicker and faster so that we can get that reclaim time and then reinvest it in either our team or somewhere else in the business. So those would be those recurring tasks and activities in your business that you're currently doing that if you trained, you can offload and you'll see the time on your schedule quicker and faster. Love that. And that kind of ties with like a lot of times, like people will ask like, who should I hire for my business? Like, what should I delegate first? And we, I walk Mm -hmm. people through an exercise where we look at what's going to give you the best ROI to delegate it now. And a lot of times we look at ROI as the time that's saved. And, and there's sometimes those things I was like, all right, you might hate doing this in your business, but it's not going to give you that immediate ROI that what you really are going to look for to say like, this was a valuable hire. I feel the impact of paying someone money to do this. So I said, if you start with those things that give you that best ROI, you -hmm. can then be able to delegate those things that you don't want to do. But if you don't start with the ROI, you're never going to feel the value of that hire. Yeah. I have a question. So is the ROI specifically time or is the ROI like revenue? Like, or like what is the measurement of ROI that's used? Yeah. So we just leave it when we're starting the conversation as just what is the benefit? What is the ROI of having somebody else do this task? Mm -hmm. So that way they can think about it. Is it revenue? Is it, is it time? And then we can start looking at when we go through then a process of ranking them, what's more important. It might be that for this position, in order for them to be able to afford this position long-term, that revenue is that most important thing. And when they get that revenue in, then they can afford to delegate some of these other things. And then there's other things. And typically that revenue then has to do a little bit with time as well, because they need that extra person in there, that extra time in their business to get that revenue. And then there's other things where we're looking at, it's like, it's that time saving. And then it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with that time saving? How is that actually going to impact you or your business? And we look at things like that. So we kind of leave it more open-ended to see what they're going to bring up. So that way we can start seeing what's important for you in terms of an ROI at this moment. So I love that because it's so it's so many variables, right? It's the business owner skill set, it's the gaps, it's what the business needs. Like there are a lot of variables there. And I'd love that you're taking into account all of those. Um, because you had said something actually at the very beginning of us chatting together, and you said it was like, okay, I'm working 80 hours and I hire somebody and I'm still working 80 hours, right? Essentially, that's um something we refer to as Parkinson's law, a task expand to the amount of time given. And then you just close the loop. I'm just giving, I like, I love your whole thing. So then now you just close the loop and you said, actually with my clients, what I asked them is like, if I could give you back time, where are you going to be investing your time? And many people don't have somebody behind them or on their team to ask them those questions. And therefore they're not getting a win. And so now the whole hiring process is a frustration. It's like, why did I do this? And so I love that you're like, okay, so if I could get you reclaim time, 
where is your best use in the business? Because that's the return on investment is you getting to show up and, you know, I'll say my four buckets, but it could be anywhere in the business. Um, right. So I love that full circle kind of example there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I'm working with a client right now is when I ask her is like, what impact will this position have on the organization? Her biggest thing is I get time back so I can be more creative with my clients and not have to worry about these behind the scenes details because it limits my creativity yes. because I don't have enough time in the day. And she goes, so that is so important. So just being able to hear them and really have them see like, why is this position important? Why is delegating these position these tasks you know, important to you? How is it going to make a difference? But. So uh, those of you that are listening, I don't know if you just heard what she, Jamie just said, is she also said that energy is a return on investment. So you are protecting that creative energy. And, you know, you look, we say time management, because if I said energy management, you would think I was talking like woo woo stuff. But the truth is, is that oftentimes we have more time than we have energy, or we don't have the right kind of energy to do the work we need to do. Um, I work with a lot of creatives like interior designers and architects and things like that. And so that creative energy is the absolute thing that needs to be protected. And for everybody, it's a little bit different how that bleeds out. Um, but oftentimes it is the administrative load, the the mundane things that can just suck that energy right out of the days and the weeks. Um, so great. We covered ROI is revenue, money, time, um, energy. And then I, I guess I just, as we close up though, I want to say one more thing. Like also it's okay to hire to not work. Yeah. So we're talking all about this reinvestment. Like that can be the goal and guilt-free. So if that's what you tuned in today to hear or needed to hear is like, it's okay to train and support your team so that you could actually just pull back and it doesn't need to be a reinvestment in the business. Maybe you did your dues. Like you've had your head down. You've been working long days long weeks. And now's the time to find that rebalance in your personal life and your work. Yeah. 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 That is super important. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Amber, because you know, it's one of the things we talk about. Like sometimes um, we had a guest a few weeks ago on the podcast where we were talking about, she started businesses that she never planned on working in, but she was starting the business because she saw a need. And so that's like some of the things they're there. You sometimes need to hire that team and get out of it so you can start a second location for your business. You can't be two places at once. Sometimes you're getting ready to retire and mm -hmm. you want to increase the value of your business because that way it's not so dependent on you. You know, there's so many different things or you just want to go and do something new. You're the entrepreneurial spirit and you say, I'm done with this but I'm not done earning the revenue off of it. I am just right. done working in it. I'm going to go work in something else. So yeah, that is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, there's one other thing that I want wanted to circle back on. You're talking about planning your day. Yes. That is so important. And one of the things that when I started doing things like that, that it made a simple like just mindset change in me is when I planned my day and said, these are the things I need to get done today. Or if I was doing it at the beginning of the day or tomorrow, if I was doing it at the end of the day, I then had certain things to get done and certain things I could look at to say, did I accomplish this? On the days where I didn't create that list, I would then say, well, I have a million things I could have done. I only did three of them, which meant there were all these things I didn't touch mm -hmm. today. And I kind of started looking at it as what did I not do? But when I planned my day, I could see, did I accomplish what I needed to accomplish today? 
the rest yeah. of that to-do list, if I got anything done on it, it's a bonus or yeah. it could be planned for tomorrow or next week. It was, did I accomplish what I needed to? And I just started feeling more accomplished at the end of the day because I was able to say, yeah, I did the three things I needed to get done today. Yeah. Or and that's a I positive loop. Plus, yeah. Yeah. That's that. that then, then you're creating that positive loop feedback loop, right? Is that the, the action, the strategy, right? Everyone wants to know, is this strategy? Is that mindset? Either or oftentimes it's both. And so the strategy then implemented, reset your mindset, expectations, perspective, lens, like you can name the whole thing from what I didn't get done to what I did get done. And look, we all show up better when we talk nice to ourselves. We all yes. show up better when we feel accomplished, not demotivated and overwhelmed and frustrated. Um, and so, yes, those, I call it um, the daily wrap. So reviewing your day allows you to set realistic expectations. Many of us are just happy, optimistic time people. We think we're gonna get way more done than we can get done in a day. So in the moment we're optimistic and at the end of the day, we're pissed off and upset and frustrated with ourselves. So how do you break that loop? I'm going to tell you, it's definitely with re, um, planning your days. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, Amber, we have to start wrapping up for today. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I also have a podcast. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can tune into Productivity Straight Talk. Um, and then you can find out more about uh, me and how I serve my clients over at amberdelagarza.com. And also we have a free mini training and it's less than 30 minutes. I show you how to get back 20 minutes every single day. It's a huge promise, but I guarantee it's a compounded 20 minutes every day. Um, and you can get that at amberdelagarza.com forward slash take back your time. Awesome. Thank you. And of course, all those links will be in the show notes over at growingyourteam.com. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, I'll also send you the link to the episode about planning your day since we kind of teased it, didn't mean to. I wanted to keep us on topic, but if someone wants to go deeper, they can uh, get that episode really easily. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Send that so we can include it in the show notes. All right. My final question that I love to ask all my guests, we have all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of a leader or a manager that has stood out to you and share with us one thing about them. Yeah. So this was like easy. Like the, when you say stand out, there's like one. Uh, and her name is Jan O'Brien. And it was early in my career. Um, she literally mentored me, saw my potential, which back then like had to have been like so little, like, but she saw so much, right? I didn't know what was possible. And because she believed in me, I was able to grow so much in my career under her leadership. Um, and so I guess the, the, the big thing takeaway is there is like, if you see somebody in something, maybe that's what they need from you is just to know that you believe in them and that you know that they're capable of more. Yes. That's, that's so great. You know, good leaders really can help change the career path of somebody. And it's, uh, it's always great to hear those stories. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Amber, thank you so much for joining us on the growing your team podcast. Thank you for having me. Are you ready to hire a new team member for your business? And you want to ensure you hire the person who can succeed in the role, make you happy and positively impact your bottom line then let's talk and see how growing your team can help you master the art of hiring. 
through bespoke hiring frameworks and comprehensive guidance, you will learn how to attract candidates who have the passion you desire and the skills needed to succeed. At Growing Your Team, women entrepreneurs and leaders work with us to help them expand their unique businesses by teaching them how to hire like a pro. Let's connect and see how we can help you. Send me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E at growingyourteam.com or head on over to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart with jumpstart being all one word. And let's talk about how you can become a confident leader who hires right every single time.